Hey guys, welcome to the show that gives you the tools you need to break through into all you were created to be, to live your life full of hope and purpose. I'm Pam Ramey and Jesus Girls, let's find our role. Jesus Girls, I'm Pam Ramey, and it is so good to have you joining us today, where I'm telling you, you are going to be encouraged and equipped to live your life filled to the brim with destiny and purpose, because we have such an awesome show and an awesome Jesus girl here today who is going to be talking about some incredible outreach ministry that she is doing in Seattle, Washington, where she moved a year and a half ago to become an advocate in mental health for corporate America. And you're going to hear just this really awesome story of how God took that and led her into an an outreach ministry for the homeless and being involved in this huge homeless community. She's a talented musician and singer who loves to lead worship in the homeless community. And it is my total honor and joy to welcome Miss Hannah Teague to Jesus Girl Roar. How you doing, Hannah? Thank you so much, Pam. I am so excited to be here and to be a part of this amazing podcast. Oh, well, it is such a joy to have you here. And what a beauty you are. I just got to say, <laughs> long blonde hair, great big eyes. Thank you. It is such a joy having you here. Well, you know, Hannah, we had your mom, Victoria, on our mm-hmm. show last time. Yes. And it's such it's a, just so cool that we get to have mom and and daughter back to back. So tell us a little bit about your story. Yeah. So I grew up in the church. Uh, My mom is amazing and has done ministry my entire life. So I got to see that role model for me my entire life. That's pretty cool. Which was amazing Mm -hmm. experience. Um, And when I got to college, I kind of turned away from my faith. Mm -hmm. I just had more of like a prodigal testimony of like, getting to college, kind of wanting to explore things on my own. Um, And I ended up hitting my rock bottom when one of my close friends passed away from suicide. And that was the Mm. moment that brought me back to my faith. That was when it became real for me. And Mm -hmm. I just had such an intense encounter with the Holy Spirit where it was just undeniable that God is real. That is so beautiful because... I think a lot of times when we experience tragedy in our lives, we can go the other way. Yeah. And how wonderful. So you ran into the arms of Jesus when you lost your dear friend. Yeah. I never really understood what the Bible meant when it said the Lord is near to the brokenhearted mm-hmm. until I experienced that kind of brokenness mm-hmm. and just encountered the presence of God in a way that I'd never have in my entire life. And so it was like going through that, like it was like just experiencing that brokenness was when he came into my life and just picked up the pieces. And it was wow. like, that's when it started. Like that's when it became real mm-hmm. for me. Um, and that was around two years ago. And since then he has just continued to take me deeper and deeper in my relationship with him. He's continued to grow, like my ability to hear his voice. Um, And it's just been so cool, like seeing that as I've moved to Seattle and just had to trust him in this new season of my life and the way that even over the last couple of months, he's just radically transformed my life and just given me this like heart and passion for for ministry, (laughs) which I never, like I never thought that that would be me. I always saw my mom doing that. And I was like, that's great for her, um, but not for me. But not for me. Um, And here you are. And here I am. Now I'm like, yeah, I want 
want Jesus is my everything and mm. it is just such an honor to like be a part of what he's doing and like to lay my life down to serve him um, which is just the most amazing thing like just growing so much closer to God and growing it just in that love Hannah I love how you just run after him it's obvious you chase, you just run after him. But the cool thing is, is he runs harder after you. And so it's a beautiful dance, isn't it? Yeah. And it definitely wasn't always like that for me. Mm -hmm. I feel like I spent so much of my life, like just holding on to control so tightly where it was like, I was like chasing after my career. Mm -hmm. I was like, um, chasing after like my finances. Like it was all of these things that all of these areas I was trying to hold on control. Mm -hmm. So it was like, okay, God's a part of my life, but like, I still want to do things my way. Right. And so I was living in this like tension of yeah. like, trying to hold on to control and do things my way. Um, and so I realized in the letting go, that's when I experienced freedom. Isn't that interesting? You know, I, I can relate to that as well. It's like, okay, God, well, I'm going to give you this part of my life, mm -hmm. but I kind of like to keep this little part over here, yeah. if, if, if you don't mind. And then he starts renewing, restoring our mind, right? And he draws us into this place where we know he is everything. Yeah. He is just absolutely everything. And the, I loved what you just said. The more we let go, the more free we get. Yeah. 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 That's the thing. Like he wants to give us freedom. Um, and I feel like it's just like, such a lie that the enemy tries to get us to believe oh. that we have to like clean ourselves up or we have to do things on our own. Uh. It's like when God calls us to do something, he is going to equip us. He's going to give us the resources and the tools. Mm -mm. And so I was like holding on to control. Even the things that I felt like God was calling me to do, I was holding on to it so tightly. Of like, this is how I'm going to do it. I'm going to work for it like this X, Y, Z. Yeah. Instead of just being like, okay, God, like here it is. I give it to you. Like help me hold my hand through this. And so I felt like if I actually let go of those areas mm -hmm. of my life, that it was like everything would fall apart. But in reality, when I finally let go, that was when everything That's when you fell got free. together. Yeah. I, I, you just said something that is so profound that I think our Jesus girls need to hear Hannah. And that is that you said you thought you had to clean yourself up to be good enough for God. So how did you find out that that was just not necessary? Yeah. So I felt like that was one of the, one of the realizations I had a couple of months ago was that I realized that I was trying to take credit for my own healing, mm. that it was like, I was super into like self-help books, like mm -hmm. mindset podcasts, like all of this stuff and like doing like yoga and like all of these things. And it was like, okay, I, I, I cured my anxiety. Like I cured my depression. Like it was like, I felt like I was trying to take the credit for all of these things. I did the work. Yeah. I did, I did the, the work. work. I got it done. Yeah. Yeah. Been and, there. Yeah. And it was, I've got that t-shirt. Yeah. yeah. And it's funny cause I struggled with anxiety for years. Um, and like I was trying all of these things to fix it hmm. and it never worked and it never worked. And I continued to struggle with it and continue to struggle with it. And it was this feeling of even like, well, I'm a Christian, but why am I still battling depression and anxiety mm. and like hopelessness? Um, I felt like it was one of those things where it's like, shouldn't I, like the second I became a Christian, like mm. all that should go away. Shouldn't I be uh, free from that? Yeah. And so I felt like Jesus wasn't wasn't healing me. So it was like, I have to heal myself. Like I have to mm. do the X, Y, Z to be healed. And it's so funny because I struggled with anxiety for years. And then one day um, I went to a church gathering and um, they were just like praying for healing over people. And I just mm -hmm. felt that feeling in my chest that like burning, like, like you need to, <laughs> you need to ask for prayer. Um, and so I said, like, I had like physical anxiety, like tightness in my chest, like numbness in my arms, like wow. really severe like Ooh. panic attacks. Um, and I battled with it for years, even after I became a Christian and like all these people came and like laid hands on me and started praying for freedom from anxiety and depression. Mm -hmm. And I was like radically healed from it. Radic 
exactly. And that was two months ago? That was in May. And that that was in May. That is such a great testimony. Prayer works. Prayer works. The laying on of hands works. It works. Yeah. So you are free. You know, Hannah, I loved that you, you said that you moved to Seattle, Washington a year and a half ago to be an advocate for mental health. Mm-hmm. So you lost a very dear friend to mental health, and then you found yourself also struggling with depression, with anxiety. You felt like God kind of wasn't showing up. He wasn't, yeah. do, he wasn't doing the God thing because he wasn't delivering you. So you now move to make a difference in corporate America and help people understand mental uh, healing And while you were there, while you're going through this process, God is miraculously healing you. He has miraculously healed you. And so now we're in Seattle and you said that that job led you into ministry. Tell us a little bit about that transition, how it happened and what you're doing with that. Yeah, I think it's one thing I always felt like God was, after I lost my friend, I felt like he was calling me into mental health. I just knew that so clearly that that was where he was calling me. Hmm. And I didn't really realize how much like the mental health in corporate America tied into mental health in homeless outreach because mental health struggles in homeless outreach is huge. Huge. Like, that is a huge thing. Oh yeah. For sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I feel like um, when the enemy tries to attack you, he makes it very personal. And I feel like the enemy tried Good to word. attack my calling to mental health. And so I realized like I was still being pelted with all of these thoughts, like you're a Christian, but you still feel hopeless. Like mm-hmm. how are you supposed to tell people there's hope in Jesus when you still feel this way? And it was like the enemy started trying to attack like my calling to that's mental exactly health. what he was doing. Yeah. Whew. Yeah. And that's like when God's building you up in some way, the enemy is mm-hmm. going to try to tear you down in that exact same place. That is such a good word. Hannah, that girls, that is such a good word. I'm going to just ask you to repeat that because it's something we got to remember. Yeah. Yeah. When the enemy attacks you, he makes it personal. Like he wants it to hurt you. Mm -hmm. And when God is calling you to do something and building you up in that, like the enemy is going to try to attack you in the same place in the same way. To stop you from doing that thing. He's scared. That's right from doing that thing that God has created you to do. And that is such a powerful word. So now uh, you're free. You're free from anxiety. So tell tell us a little bit about what does this ministry look like? And even the segue between the two, uh, the two, um, the corporate America and the homeless ministry. Yeah. So when I moved to Seattle, I had no intention of really getting involved in homeless outreach. I Mm -hmm. knew that Seattle was kind of known for having um, like a lot of homeless people. Right. So I knew that that was a thing and I had prayed so long over which church I would get involved with. Mm -hmm. And so I knew that God had his hand on getting me involved in the church that I'm involved with. And just as a part of that, somehow got roped into the homeless ministry. And I kind of saw it as like a Tuesday night thing because that's when we go out. It was like, okay, ministry (laughs) is for Tuesday nights and then the rest of my life is my life. But then Tuesday nights, I'll go and do um, ministry to the homeless people. I I just have I'm sorry, but you speed bumped over and I loved, I got roped in. Uh, Yeah. How how did you get roped in? I love that. I just love how God does, you know, he's just so creative Mm -hmm. on how he gets us where we need to be. Right. So how did you get roped in, Hannah? Yeah. For me, it was just, so when I was, 
when I moved to Seattle, I only knew one person. Mm-hmm. I had one friend and we went church hopping together because she was also a Christian, which was totally God's plan and timing to put us together. Right. And she was like, oh, I really want to get involved with this homeless outreach. And she went a couple of times and she was like, I don't know if this is for me. She was like, this is kind of intense. Um, and she was like, but do you want to come with me? And so I was like, sure. Like, I'll come with you. Um, I roped in. Yeah. So I There's just got rope. roped into it by my friend, which is so funny because I felt like, um, I immediately had like imposter syndrome when I started doing ministry yeah. because I was like, how am I supposed to like, I don't know enough about the Bible. Like these people pray so powerfully. I was like, I can't do this. Like, I don't know how to do this. Um, and it took months Mm -hmm. before Mm -hmm. I actually like had the boldness to like start praying for people and start sharing stuff with people. But there's something about like when you put yourself in a position, um, to serve God Mm -hmm. and to minister to people that it's like, you cannot be a part of that and not be changed by the Holy Spirit. Amen. Oh, that is such a good word. Mm -hmm. But we got to get out of the boat, don't we, Hannah? Mm-hmm. We have yeah. got to get out of the boat or nothing's going to change. Yeah. So now you're out of the boat. You get roped in to yeah. step on out of that boat onto the water and things start changing and you start growing. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. So I was involved. I got involved with the homeless outreach a little over a year ago. Um, and for the most part, like I was very resistant towards really getting involved with it, like uh-huh. really diving into it. I was really resistant towards getting really involved with my church. Mm-hmm. Like I was still like, this is one part of my life. I don't want this to be my whole life. Like I was right. definitely resistant, but I knew that God was calling me mm-hmm. to dive like full force into it. We're taking the deep dive. Yeah, I knew it was yeah. coming, but I was like so <laughs> resistant to it. And I felt like over the first half of this year, God was really doing a work in me of like really healing some of those like deep wounds, like really preparing. Mm. Like it was just like a pruning, like a whittling away of like, like a, like a discipline in such a good way. Yep. Um, and then I felt like I was just living in that tension of like trying to hold on to control and being like resistant to what God was calling mm. me to do. And it was just so clear that he was calling me to surrender and just run after him. And sometimes it takes Mm. like a very eye-opening experience for that to happen. And that's what happened to me was that I needed like a little like, I need the Holy Spirit to just shake me up a little bit to get my attention. Um, and that's what happened to me a couple of months ago. I just had one of those life-changing experiences that put everything in perspective for me. Can you share uh, share with us yeah. what was that experience? Yeah, so I was really into fitness, like mm-hmm. very into um, like Spartan races and all of that. And so I like that was definitely probably an idol for me where Mm -hmm. it was like, I cared more. I would, I would work out twice a day, but then I wouldn't have time to do my, like read my Bible or pray. And so it was definitely an idol for me. And, um, I had finally like done my race. Like I was so Mm -hmm. stressed to the point where like, I was barely sleeping. I was like trying to do all this stuff at work, like holding on to all of this, like tension and pressure Mm -hmm. and like Mm -hmm. stress. Um, and then I did the race. It was awesome. And a couple of days later, my, my parents were in town and we went hiking at Mount Rainier. So I love Mount Rainier. Oh, it's beautiful. So gorgeous. Yeah. It is so beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, and we went hiking at Mount Rainier, but I had just done this race. And so my body was kind of depleted, depleted, depleted yep. very depleted. You're probably dehydrated yep. in every possible way. And I yeah. didn't eat really very much before we went. And mm-hmm. it's a pretty intense hike. Um, and so at one point I just started like not really feeling very good. Hmm. Um, and I was getting kind of like cranky. And so I like, ate like a protein bar and was like, just not really feeling very good. And then we got to the top of the trail that we were doing, which is called the Skyline Trail. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's just this incredible view of the mountain, just beautiful, breathtaking. And I was Mm. 
looking at this mountain, um, and I just was reminded of the scripture verse, faith as small as a mustard seed can move mountains. And I was just (laughs) looking at this magnificent mountain and just thinking about how big this mountain is and how much bigger our God is. Um, Amen. Yeah. And it was, it was just like such a cool moment. Um, And then all of a sudden I just really started not feeling good. And I kind of like sat down for a second. So I was like, wow, I'm really like not feeling okay. And I was like, okay, I want to get off this mountain. Like, let's get going. Hmm. And so I stood up and then like everything went black. Like, and I oh just my. like fell over, passed out. Um, like, had you ever passed I out? I had never before? passed out before. Oh my goodness. It was so scary. And I had this intense pain in my neck. And you're a very young woman. Yeah. yeah. I'm 23. So I was yeah. like, oh my gosh, I'm 23. <laughs> I'm about to die on this mountain. Yes. Um, and I just had like this intense pain in my neck. And like, even when I opened my eyes, like my eyes were open, but everything was black. Like oh, I how frightening! Anything, and it was so scary. How frightening! Um, and I was just like in the worst pain I've ever been in. I was just instantly covered in sweat. Like I was freezing cold, but I was dripping sweat. That is um, frightening. I was like barely breathing, mm-hmm. and I had this moment where I was like, "I'm about to die." Oh like my. I was like, "I am about to die." And then the next thing I know, um, these strangers came mm-hmm. and put their hands on me, and they started praying. And they were saying, Holy Spirit, come, Holy Spirit, come. And I just remembered as they were praying, they said I started to breathe again. (laughs) And I started to like slowly, my vision started to come back. Um, And so it was like, it was like the moment that I thought that I was going to die was the moment that they came over and started praying over me. And so I was like, wow, like God totally healed me, um, which was so cool. But of course, like in the moment, I didn't think about how amazing it was that God healed me. I thought about God, why did you let me almost die? Like, Mm -hmm. why did you let me go through that? Mm -hmm. Instead of thinking about like, oh God, like you totally healed me. But it was like in that moment where I thought that I was going to die, I just realized that I was at a point in my life where I was so stressed. I don't have a car. Mm -hmm. I was so stressed about like if I was going to get a car or not. I was Mm -hmm. so stressed about if I was going to get promoted at work or not. I was so stressed about the next race that I was going to do, like all of these things. And I was like, oh my gosh, none of this matters. Like none of this (laughs) matters at all. Like at all. I was like, if I'm 23 years old and I died on this mountain, like no one cares if I got the promotion at work. Like no one cares if I have a car. And so it was just this Mm -hmm. eye-opening realization that the only thing that matters is knowing God and making him known. Well, that is quite a story. And isn't it something how God will allow us to be in situations that are so impossible Mm -hmm. that there is no denying. Yeah. Like where, I mean, there are situations, there are things that happen where you go, yeah, I did control that. That was, that was me doing my thing. Mm -hmm. But, but then when God strips all that away, like he did when you were up on Mount Rainier, it was like, it was God or not. It was God or nothing. He had to show up and you knew that God sent those people to you to lay hands on you. And isn't it interesting, Hannah, that two times in, in really close proximity, God sent people to you to lay hands on you to bring very specific healing that you needed at that time, whether it was anxiety or your life (laughs) up on that mountain. That is quite a story. Yeah. That's, that's where that like faith as small as a mustard seed can Mm. move mountains comes Mm. in. Cause it's like, wow, they had faith to pray for me. Um, which was so cool that like that faith is what brought healing. And it's been really eye opening. Like since then I, I went through this phase of like 
this almost like life crisis of like nothing matters. And it was like Mm. just that letting go of work, letting go of all of these things that I was holding on to so tightly. Mm. And I realized that so much of my identity was in my ability to work. I just like loved to work hard and like that was my identity. Mm -hmm. And so realizing that these things that I've been working my whole life towards really didn't matter was kind of like in the moment, it was kind of like a devastating experience for me Mm -hmm. where I was like, God, like none of this matters. Like, why did you let me almost die? Mm -hmm. And then I remember I, I told my pastor the story of what happened and he was like wow god is going to bless you so much through this and mm-hmm. i remember thinking like oh that's so weird that he said that i was mm-hmm. like how is this a blessing <laughs> um and then god has totally blessed me so much through so this much through it and just like taking me so much deeper in like coming to that point of just like surrender surrender um mm-hmm. is when it was like that's when things started like that's when things got exciting with god and you know i love your excitement about god i love because he's exciting our god is not a boring God. And I I also think it is so uh, powerful that in that moment, even if you didn't know it, Hannah, in that moment, God was saying, honey, I'm your identity. Yeah. I am your identity. And everything else is going to work out just fine as long as I'm your identity, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. so true. And that's that's exactly how it's been. I feel like the biggest lie the enemy tries to get us to believe is that being a Christian is boring. Amen. Um, I agree with that. Following God is boring. Yeah. Especially young people. It's like, oh, if you do that, it's a bunch of rules. Like, oh, you're never going to have any yeah. fun. But I'm like, it is not boring at all. To it is not Jesus. boring. <laughs> He's exciting. Yeah. He's exciting. I want to know, speaking of not being boring, I want to know what you do when you go out into the homeless camps, because you told me a little bit about it. And our girl, our Jesus girls, I want them to know that. Yeah. So it's funny because I know I, I'll tell people that I do homeless outreach mm-hmm. and they tell me that they just picture us being like at like a food bank and just like handing out food. And I'm like, no, we are like, we are like walking on the side of highways. We are like crawling in the woods. Like it is like really intense hmm. homeless outreach. Hmm. Um, and so what we are doing is um, our primary focus is just on pointing people to Jesus because <laughs> there is a endless amount of physical need that people have yeah. and we will never be able to meet all of their physical needs. Hmm. Um, but the best way that we can help them is by listening to them and praying for them and pointing them to Jesus. Um, mm, and so mm-hmm. it has been so cool to be a part of that. Cause at first when I joined, I, f- I was so focused on the physical needs. I was mm-hmm. like, Oh, we have to like, how do we help them get housing? How do we help them with this? How do we help them with mm-hmm. that? And mm-hmm. it was so overwhelming cause it's such a huge problem. Um, and then realizing like, no, the real way that we can help them is by pointing them to Jesus. And you know, I love that scripture that says that God inhabits the praises of his people and you're a worship leader. Mm-hmm. And how how do you do worship in in the the community the homeless communities yeah sometimes we'll go out and we'll just bring guitars mm-hmm. and like um, a cajon and just like all come together and sing and just like play worship music. And a lot of times when you play music, like it changes the atmosphere. I was just going to say, I bet you can just feel the atmosphere changing. And also I bet it draws more people in. Yeah. 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 People are drawn to it and they like, there's something about worship music that just almost creates a space for people to feel things like to feel emotions to like remember Mm -hmm. things and it creates this like softness Mm -hmm. in the atmosphere and so we'll go into the camps and just start playing worship music Mm -hmm. or we'll be praying and like people will just like be drawn to it uh, which Mm -hmm. is so cool do you have any specific story that just stands out to you hannah where 
somebody's life was radically changed by this ministry? Yeah, I, I could think of a bunch of stories. <laughs> um, I think that one thing that's been really cool over the last couple of months is that like I always knew that God could heal. Mm-hmm. Like, I always knew that that was a thing, but I never thought that that would be something that I would pray for someone and they would be healed um, <laughs> until I experienced being Ooh, healed myself. I love that, yes. Yeah, and like having that experience on the mountain where I was like, you healed, were healed. Uh, by God, um, it just gave me so much faith to mm-hmm. believe that like he can heal. Um, and that has been the coolest thing is that like, um, that little mustard seed of faith, like ever since then I have seen healing after healing after healing. Isn't that great? Which is amazing. Wow. That is, that is, uh, that is amazing. And you know what I think I was thinking about when you stood on top of the mountain and you looked at the vastness of the mountain when you were up on Mount Rainier and you thought of the mustard seed. Yep. That was real interesting to me. And that's exactly what God's now doing in your life yeah. is he's exercising because really our faith is like a muscle. We've got to exercise it, right? And so you've really been exercising that faith muscle and you look at the mountain and you go, Ain't nothing that that mountain can't stop me. Yeah. 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 And I think that's that was one of the stories that that stood out the most was after um, that experience. Mm-hmm. I feel like once I realized that God did heal me mm-hmm. and was like, wow, God, you really did save me. Even <laughs> you though I did was, it. was kind of pouting for a little while. Um, after that experience, I was just like so on fire for God and just had this heart posture of like surrender and openness. Mm. And it was like, God, like I want to do what you want to do. I want to be a part of what you're doing. And he showed me that like, I used to think of it as like a chore or like a burden or boring to serve him and like to do ministry. And now I'm like, no, it is a privilege privilege. to serve him. Like we get to be a part of what he's doing and be Mm -hmm. his vessels. Mm -hmm. And like, he knows us so personally that it's like, he knows our interests. He knows what we like. He wants, like, it's not boring because he knows what he's calling us to do. He know he wired us a specific way. And so when we're in that thing he's called us to do it is so much it's so joyful yeah I hear what you're saying that's exactly what I've experienced is Mm -hmm. that in this homeless outreach there's a group of us that are just so passionate about God and so on fire and like we go out to do homeless outreach and there is just so much joy in our group like you can just feel it like it's just this, this contagious joy where we're all like so on fire and I just remember this one night when we all went to this homeless camp and we just started praying and like interceding over the camp and we could just like feel the Holy Spirit so strongly <laughs> and we just got super pumped up. We were like, we don't know what's happening, but we know God is about to do something crazy in this camp. Um, and so I remember I ran off with one of my friends and we always go in pairs because we never go alone into the camps because mm-hmm. it's dark and it can be kind of dangerous. Um, and I remember I just felt like I felt like God was saying to go a different way. And so we actually, me and my friend didn't go into the camp. We went to the side of the camp and just started walking down the street Mm -hmm. and we ran into two people and we started talking to them and we um, just asked them like how their night was going, if they needed prayer for anything. And there was one guy who was like really open to talking to us. And he was like, no, like I'm really don't really need any prayer. And then the girl that I wasn't really paying attention to, that was, she was kind of quiet. Mm-hmm. She was like, you can pray for me. Um, and so I started talking to this girl and she was like hunched over. Mm-hmm. Um, and she like could barely even like lift her head to look us in the eye. Um, and she just seemed like she was in so much pain. Mm-hmm. I, didn't, I didn't know if she was on drugs or something, but mm-hmm. she was just like completely like completely hunched over and like we asked her her name and she just kind of like whispered she was kind of like Sarah um it was what she said her name was mm-hmm. and um I was like what do you need prayer for and like she was just like cl- so clearly in pain that she could barely even like talk to us or keep her eyes mm-hmm. open and she said 
she was like, I feel like my organs are shutting down. Um, she was like, I'm in such incredible pain. Like, I think I'm going to die. Hmm. Like, I don't know what's going on. Um, and she was just like, so visibly in pain. Mm-hmm. And it was one of these experiences where I, um, like, I just knew that God was going to heal her. I just wow. knew. And like, knew. I said to her, I was like, God wants to heal you right now. Mm. Um, because I just heard, I heard him say like, I want to heal her. Um, and so I told her, I was like, do you believe that God can do that? And she said, yes, I do. Mm -hmm. And so we just laid hands on her and we were just declaring that like, God, your word says that we will lay hands and people will be healed. Healed. And we just started praying, healing over her. And as we were praying, she literally started like moving her hand up and down and like shaking her leg. And she just started dancing. As we were praying over her, like this girl went from like barely being able to lift her head to look at us to then visibly dancing. Jesus. And then she just like popped up. Like she was like hunched up. She just like popped straight up. Wow. And looked us in the eye, like just like the face of relief, eyes wide Mm. open. And I was like, is the pain gone? And she went, yeah. She was like, it's gone. She's like, the pain's gone. She's like, thank you. What an amazing (laughs) testimony. Jesus, girls. Hannah is 23 years old. I am looking across the table at the most beautiful young woman who is out changing lives. There is no time limit on when we get into ministry, right? Yeah. yeah. Here we are. I'm in, I'm, I'm in my 60s and I'm looking at this beautiful young. So when you go out, Hannah, do you go out with all? You know, just people from people from your church, people from your uh, work, your corporate America. Are they your age? Are they all different ages? It's just so exciting to know what you're doing and to see that lives are literally being healed and changed radically right and left with this ministry. Yeah, we have really a mixture. We even have mm-hmm. some homeless people that come out and do homeless outreach. How with cool us, is that? Which I is love so it. Cool that God is rising up people even within the camps mm-hmm. to be a part of the ministry. Oh, that's so. And good. we just have a hodgepodge of like all ages. We have college students. We have um, like adults, like grown adults. Um, we have like a mixture of every background you could imagine. Mm-hmm. People in corporate America. People that are. Uh, we have people that are living in their cars, people that are working at Trader Joe's. Like we just have like a complete it mixture. It sounds like a, such a community. Yeah, it is. Is it more of a community? Is that, was that a surprise to you? Yeah. I remember mm-hmm. when I first joined the church, like I was so resistant to getting involved. Mm-hmm. And I remember I joke around now about how I remember thinking to myself like, oh, I'm not actually going to hang out with people from church, um, <laughs> which is so funny because now I'm like, I only want to hang out with people from church. Like they're all my best friends. Like they're so cool. Yeah. yeah I know. I feel that way too. It was a Friday night last night and we were all on the phone until like midnight praying for each other and I was like what a rare experience that what a rare experience what a life-giving experience what wow yeah and it just spreads like it is just this fire that like spreads across the team like someone gets so excited and then it's just like it just spreads like wildfire like gosh just like like rising people up and like callings like revealing callings to them and it's it's so cool that like iron sharpens iron yes it does a group that's like like all wants to be a part of what God's doing and like serve him. Isn't that wonderful? Grow together mm, in mm, that. Mm. And I also love what you just said. You, you discover the calling that's each person discovers the calling that's on them. Yeah. And we don't get to discover that until we do something. Yeah. Yeah. We got, we've got to step out and give, as soon as we give God our yes, then he, man, 
he is ready to give us our assignment, yeah. but he has to get our yes. And that's the thing. Like when you're in the battlefield, like that's mm-hmm. when you need weapons. And Amen. So it's like, that's when you're getting the gifts of the spirit. That's when yep. you're getting prophecy. That's when you're getting yep. like healings. That's when you're getting all of this Words stuff. of knowledge. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's so cool to see the body of Christ coming together because oh, each yeah. person has their different strengths, their different calls. Isn't their different that wonderful? Gifts. Isn't yeah. God creative? Yeah, it's amazing to see that together in ministry too and just like how it complements each other so well. Flows, it's so beautiful. Yeah, it just flows together. We get to see, it's a beautiful picture of the fact that we are a body. Yeah. We are the body of Christ. We are his bride, his beloved bride. Wow, Hannah, honestly, girl, I could talk to you all day, (laughs) but I think this is probably a good time to segue into our declaration. You are... So filled with the fire of Jesus. <laughs> and, you know, it's just been, oh, it's just so much fun talking Thank to you. you. So let's head on into our declaration. And Jesus, girls, Hannah is going to lead us through this declaration. And we're going to repeat after her. And when we repeat, just remember that your words are containers of power. And whatever you speak, you are sending it forth as a seed to be planted that will ultimately produce a harvest in your life. So when you're declaring these words, this is this may not be what you have right now, like Hannah said. I you didn't really feel this at first. You were kind of like, I'm and I've been here too. Like, God, I'm gonna give you this corner over here, you know. But then I mean, I'm looking at a girl all in and he changed her heart because you gave him your yes. And so, you know, when we make these declarations over ourselves, God just keeps changing us, right? He does keep changing us and whittling away those things that pruning away those things that don't need to be there and taking us from glory to glory to glory to glory to glory, which is super cool and awesome. So Jesus girls, here we go with this declaration and Hannah, we're going to repeat after you. Yeah. I declare I show the love of Jesus by how I love others. I declare I show the love of Jesus by how I love others. I declare that I am the light and salt of the world. I declare that I am the light and the salt of the world. And the hands and feet of Jesus. And the hands and feet of Jesus. Even if he doesn't show up the way I want. And even if he doesn't show up the way I want. I declare that he is for me. I declare that he is for me. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Hannah. And Jesus, girls, he is for you. He is not against you. He is working every single thing out together for your good, for his glory. And um, all he needs from us is our yes. Right, Hannah? Amen. That's right. So before we head out today, I promise to share a quick a little exercise with you. Actually, I'm not sure if I did promise I would share that with you, but I'm going to share it with you anyway. Hannah, you're like a fitness girl. <laughs> and so I really relate to you like on that and a gazillion yeah. other levels. But so you do lunges, you know what lunges are. Yeah. And lunges are a great way to tone the tush girls. So <laughs> if you want to get that tush, I always say this to my students, where do you want your tush to be this time next year? I'm saying we can go south or north, <laughs> right? I, I, if we're going to go north, we have to be intentional. It's like everything else in life, right, Hannah? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, so it's a great way to lift your tush and strengthen your lower body. But 
uh, how do you do a lunge properly? Because if you don't do a lunge properly, then you can kind of mess with your knees a yeah. little bit. I have had uh, surgery on both of my knees from dance injuries. And so I had to learn how to do a, a lunge properly so I would not hurt my knees. So it's super, super easy to do. The best way to start with a lunge is maybe just to hold onto a countertop or, uh, yeah, probably just hold onto a countertop or a table and step back. Just step back and look at your front leg, your front knee, your front knee should be lined up over your ankle. Now here's where the real magic takes place. It's when you come forward after you step back. So let's say you step back with your right foot and you're going to bring that right foot forward. You're going to drive your left heel into the floor while you're stepping forward. So you step back, then you step forward and drive that opposite heel down into the floorboard, down into the earth. And then what that does is it fires all those muscles up the back of the leg and into that tush. So I would say do eight on one side and then do eight on the other side. And I'd say probably, you know, you probably want to do lunges at least three times a week because what do you think, Hannah? Oh, yeah, at least. (laughs) I mean, at least. Do you like traveling lunges? I do. There's so much fun. I like the reverse lunges. I like the reverse lunge. Yeah. I like a good reverse lunge too, because I think you get maybe a little bit more bang for your back, especially on the return. Or the the curtsy lunge with like a Come on, girl. I love a good curtsy (laughs) lunge. Oh, we'll have to talk about a curtsy lunge on our next show because, (laughs) oh, I love that you love a curtsy lunge. Well, Jesus, girls, every time we get together, we are learning new and exciting ways to find our roar. And today we have have learned through this precious vessel, Hannah Teague, that we are the light and the salt of the world, that we are the hands and the feet of Jesus. And even if God doesn't show up the way that we think he should, mm-hmm. he's always for us. He is always for us. And Jesus, girls, you hang on to that because he is for you. We love you. Jesus is crazy about you. And we can't wait to be with you next time on Jesus Girl Roar. 